a fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Chul, and it is a pleasure to be here with you on this day. Can you believe it? Last week we were talking about, we referenced the election. It's a week later, and more and more feels like we're living in a, in a reality TV show where life is so exciting and unpredictable that you wake up every day and you have no idea um, how things are going to play out. And I have to say it's been somewhat entertaining and somewhat unsettling, but that's not what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about the first Jew, Jewish couple, Avram and Sarah, because they're the in the Parsha last week, the week before, this week, and also because I just think they have a very powerful lesson that we can explore together, something that really is relevant. Because as you know, what we try to do on the Fabringen Show every week is to take Torah content, to take a subject and explore it and try to make it personal, try to make it relevant in our life, try to make it something that talks to where we're at. Fundamentally, what's the big revolution that Abraham brought into this world, the idea of monotheism, or rather the truth of monotheism. What is monotheism? So the simple translation is the belief in a invisible, all-powerful, almighty God versus paganism. Now, there's many ways of unpacking what it means to be a believer of God. And I'm sure you've, if you've been on social media or I'm sure even on Chai FM, it's been mentioned how one of the great speakers of faith and great teachers of faith, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, passed away on Shabbat. And a lot of the words that are coming about him, obviously besides his eloquence, is he was an incredible defender of faith, an incredible defender an articulator of what it means to be a proud Jew who sees themselves, on the one hand, unique, and on the other hand, universal, and that incredible balance. And he was an unbelievable, unbelievable teacher, speaker. I don't believe there's any English-speaking teacher who hasn't used at least one of his lectures, if not more, uh, and some of his ideas in trans, you know, sharing Torah, I I, I, from one, can say that he has been one of the most influential teachers in in my life, first of all, on how to speak, but more than how to speak, what to speak, which is a, you know, how to speak is just a skill. What to speak is much more important. Otherwise, you could just say a lot of nothing. And Rabbi Sachs articulated in a very beautiful and palatable way the idea of faith and the role it plays in each and every one of us lives. But one way I want to explore faith today and what I want to unpack is when a person believes in God, the first statement they say is, it's not about me. I am not here to serve myself. I am here to serve another. 
You see, idolatry, ultimately, let's say I see the cow walking down the street as my god, or I see my phone as my god, or I see any other, I see a football team as my god. If I have any kind of form of idolatry, and I'm trying to use modern context, once upon a time it would mean a nice little idol sitting on your desk on your shelf and you stare at it and you put your hands together and you start bowing and saying a bunch of voodoo. But fundamentally, an idol is not a threat to you. You know why? Because ultimately, if, if, if I worship a soccer team, football team, it doesn't really demand from me anything. It doesn't, it actually allows me to get into myself. I remember one going to a baseball game, one of my, I think it was the only baseball game I've ever gone to. And you have a guy over there. Baseball games can be quite long. So it was a three-hour game, three and a half hours. There's one guy standing over there. We're all the way on the top in the bleachers. And he is screaming. At that time, there was a baseball player, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. And the guy's just screaming for three hours straight, A-Rod! And just shouting and shouting. Not one person can hear him. He was, his voice could not tr- travel any further than where we were sitting. So all we had to do was suffer in silence. For three and a half hours, as this guy absolutely drove us bananas. Now, the guy, you know, you could think, you know, he's serving A-Rod or serving the Yankees. But ultimately, any other god other than God, if you serve it, it's just a nice way to feel good with yourself. It's pretty much serving yourself. That's what idolatry is. It puts you at the center of your universe and your feelings and what, what you're in the mood of and what resonates with you. If you, if you and I put ourselves at the center of the universe, then everything we worship is about ourselves. And this is a thought that uh, Rabbi Sachs explored extensively, especially in his TED Talk. If, it, if it's worshiping the I, then it's all about me and all about what I want and all about my passion and my pleasure. But life cannot be lived that way. Life cannot be lived where it's all about me. So the first and fundamental step of what faith means in God, it's not about me. And that thought is so, so important because we tend to forget it. We really, really tend to forget who it is about. And the message of Avram, the message of faith, first and foremost, is friends, Who is it about? God. Who is it not about? Me. And even if if faith never advances anything beyond that, it's already accomplished a lot. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Shul. And today we're talking about one way, one perspective one avenue of how to see faith. Faith is the antidote of narcissism. Narcissism says it's all about me. Faith says it's totally not about me. And here's the funny thing in life. The more it's about me, the less I I have of anything that's worthy and beautiful in this world. I can't have solid relationships with people if it's all about me and everyone's here to serve me. I cannot have decent friendships when all I ask is how do they make me feel about me. I cannot 
influence this world when everybody feels that I'm only there to share myself and be all about me. In other words, the more somebody makes themselves as a center of the universe, the more they lose out on what they're ultimately trying to get, and that is success, impact, validation. It's it's an incredible thing. You know, often people say that if you're religious, you know, God just wants and wants and wants and wants. Gosh, you know, there's just so many mitzvot. The funny thing is, when people are their own God, they want even more. I mean, whatever you're going to say about Donald Trump's politics, I think you could agree with me that as a person, he's a guy that puts himself as the center of his universe. And there's just never enough. <laughs> you know, if, 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 if somebody thought that God needs a lot, just ask yourself, you know, what happens when the human being is just trying to put themselves on the center and chasing and chasing and chasing? Because ultimately when I put myself at the center of my universe, it is so unnatural, it is so unhealthy. No matter what I give it, it's like putting a, 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 a band-aid on an ocean, it, putting a band-aid on a river, it, it, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't solve anything. And you just find that narcissists, as people, no matter what they get, it's never enough because that insaliable need to, for validation and for putting themselves at the center is so unhealthy, it's so unnatural, that nothing will ever quench it, nothing will ever satisfy it. And we live in a time in which we're told to put ourselves as the center of our universe, that it's all about your dreams, all about your dreams. Honey, let nobody hold back your dreams. Now, yes, nobody should hold back the other person's dreams, but that's not the be-all and end-all in life. We were not put into this world to chase our dreams. We can chase our dreams, and that's a nice, wonderful thing about being in this world, but it's not the ultimate goal. It's not the axis around which everything goes. At the core, what's the, what's the axis? What's the, what's the fundamental gravitational thing in the middle around which all our life surrounds? That's really the question that we have to ask each and every day. And in that, the idea that Avraham and Sarah taught the world, the idea that there is a God, a God that is bigger than each and every one of us, a God with no agendas, a God that is not me. You know, often people will say, Rabbi, so try to explain me what God is. So, you know, often we start off with some kind of fantasy that he's a Jewish version of Santa, but couldn't be further of the truth. But one of the best ways I've ever heard the explanation of God is, it's not you. So, you know, since someone says, so what is God? Who is God? I don't know. But it's definitely not you. And it's definitely not me. And that mere fact, even if I have that basic level of faith, that I'm not God, which is silly. You think about it. Who walks around thinking they're God? Well, we maybe don't use those words. But yes, many of us do walk around with ourselves being the center of our universe and around which everything goes. How does she make me feel about myself? And how does he make me feel about myself? And how does this food make me feel about myself? And it's just me, me, me. Uh, this obsession with self. And God, even if, you know, we, we, there's so much to say about it. 
as you mentioned earlier, I mean, so much of Rabbi Sachs's writing is about that. But even if the only thing you walk out of this conversation is, what is God? Not me. That's a huge step forward. Because by default, by definition, the moment I put something outside of myself as the center of the universe, I've already taken a huge leap forward. An incredible leap forward. Something that most of us never do. Now, many of us will claim that we're believers. A large percent of the universe of the people on this globe claim they're believers in some level or another. And they believe in this idea of an infinite God. They believe in heaven, hell, whatever they believe in. But despite the fact that we could pay lip service and say that we believe, and could be we even believe, nevertheless, we haven't taken the big step to say, I'm not God. It's not about me. It's not what I need out of this world. It's what I'm needed for. It's not about how I feel about every little thing, but rather about what the right thing is to teach ourselves from the youngest age, to teach our children that, yes, your emotions are valid. No one's saying negate your emotions. No one's saying be a robot. Nobody's saying, you know, put God at the center of the universe and now you're no longer human. No, embrace your humanity. Go through your emotions. Sort it out. Deal with it. But not in a from a place of self-worship. Not from a place of narcissism. Not from a place that says, it's all about me. They have the cute story about this fellow who shows up to a... Uh, a certain yeshiva, a certain school, a place of study. And this place of study were very passionate about humility. But they got humility all wrong. <laughs> humility is not when you put yourself down or that you just talk about how you're nothing. It's literally humility is about putting yourself aside and focusing on something bigger. But in this place, it was all about, it's not about me. So this fellow walks in. It's a simple guy. Wagon driver comes in late at night into this yeshiva and he sees two very pious looking fellows in the front sitting and as they say in Yiddish, shuffling, shaking. And they're both saying the same words over and over and over in Yiddish. Ich bin agarnished. Ich bin agarnished. Ich bin agarnished. I'm a nothing. I'm a nothing. I'm a nothing. I'm a nothing. Nothing. Could you imagine just saying that for like an hour? The funny thing is you, you don't walk out any more humble after an hour saying that, believe me. But uh, anyways, this guy in the back, he's, he sees two wonderful fellows doing this new kind of service that he never heard of. So he thinks maybe, you know, I, 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 I missed the, the lecture where I was supposed to learn to do this. So he joins in the fun. And there he is sitting a few rows behind him. And he joins the chant. Ich bin agarnished, ich bin agarnished, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing. Anyways, two guys in the front, eventually they notice that there's some echo in the back. They look back, and to their horror, they see it's the wagon driver. So one of the guys turns to the other guy and says, look who thinks there are nothing. I love that story. Look who thinks they're nothing. <laughs> These two guys were telling themselves the whole time, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing, I'm a nothing. But it was all about I. 
the Amma nothing had nothing to do with that. It was I, 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 I. I am humble. I am humble. Like if, imagine you one time walked into a group of people and said, may the most humble person stand up. What would happen? That would be quite ironic because anybody that stands up is declaring what? That, that they are very proud of their humility. Humility does not mean that I walk around telling everybody I'm nothing. That's just nonsense. Humility is, it's not about me. It's not about me. I am something. I am nothing. It's not about me. Sometimes we lock ourselves in our head and literally we drive ourselves crazy with thoughts about ourselves. Did she offend me? Did she not offend me? Did, what did it mean? What did it not mean? How am I feeling about it? Again, there's validity. There's validation for feeling. But to an extent, when the whole day all we're doing is what am I feeling and, and what is it about this and and do I enjoy it and do I love that car? Do I not love that car? Do I love this thing? Do I not love this look in the house? Do I? Again, there's nothing wrong with living in a nice house and driving a nice car. All this stuff is great and fantastic. But when it becomes like the center of my universe, I need to have this house and I need to have this car and I need an I and I and I. That's the opposite of faith. Even though it could be done by somebody that's very religious, they haven't gotten the fundamental principle of what faith in, in a God is. And that is, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's about something bigger. And from the youngest age, we have to inculcate within our kids, not these cliches like, chase your dream, honey. It's all about you. Let nobody hold you back from chasing your dream. First of all, somebody should hold you back. Your morality, if your dream ever clashes with it. Not every dream that every kid has is exactly the right dream to make this world a better place, you know. Some dreams are, some dreams aren't. Instead of telling that from our young children, we should be telling our children from the youngest age, Honey, you were put here for a purpose. Play your part. Let's discover your purpose together. Maybe that will include chasing your dreams. Maybe it won't. But chasing your dreams, my son, my daughter, is not the be-all and end-all of your life. Because if you chase your dreams, but in that process you lost out on all the gifts that happen when you put yourself aside, the gift of a healthy marriage, healthy relationship with children, earning the respect of people around you, not expecting, but earning the respect. If you didn't get that, then chasing your dreams was the worst thing you've ever done. But if you could integrate the two, and you could ask yourself, what am I needed for? And fundamentally, the first statement of what faith is, it's not about. This is 101.9, Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. So in any other year, if I would be talking to you today, not any other year, but very often, it would be from overseas. Usually it's at this week, the Parsha of Chayesara or the Shabbos before 
Shabbos Mavarchim, the Shabbos that we bless the month of Kislev, is always an international conference of Chabad emissaries in New York. Gone the past few years, and this year nobody's going, thanks to COVID. And this conference, for the first time in over 30 years, is uh, being done through Zoom, which is a very unusual way of doing things, but that's the world we live in. And it's often at this time of the year that people focus on what, you know, what is that whole movement all about. Now, I co- if I could recommend, if you haven't watched it yet, there's a great speech that Chief Rabbi Sachs gave at the Chabad Shluchim Conference in 2011. You could Google it. Rabbi Sachs at the Chabad, at the Shluchim Conference. It's a 30 minute speech that is just one of his best. And that says a lot. And he, he just presents the most beautiful, beautiful, you know, presentation on the purpose of life and his interactions with Lubavitcher Rebbe and how he influenced, how he was influenced by him. Now one of the stories that Rabbi Sachs shared, that he shared many times, was how as a young student at 20 years old, he went to the United States from England to meet various leaders and thinkers. And at some stage he managed to get an audience with Lubavitcher Rebbe and he sits across him. And he starts asking philosophical questions and the Rebbe gives him philosophical answers. And at some stage the Rebbe asks him about Cambridge, where he was studying at the time. And he starts saying, you know, this amount of students, this amount of Jews. So the Rebbe says, so what are you doing for the Jewish students of Cambridge? And this guy really wasn't in the mood of answering that question. So he says, I start my sentence with, in this situation which I find myself. And he says, the Rebbe cut him off, which is unusual. And the Rebbe said, you don't find yourself in a situation, you put yourself in a situation. And if you put yourself in this situation, you can put yourself in any other situation. Go make a difference in Cambridge. And Rabbi Sachs says like that that thought changed his life. I'm quoting him verbatim. Those words changed his life. Why? Because sometimes all we need to hear is that you were put here for a reason. And that was Avram and Sarah's great revolution. They were walking around and telling people, not only that there's a God that you cannot see, you know, stop serving the idol, stop serving your clothing as your God, stop serving the dust of your feet as some of the pagans did at the time. That's not the full picture. What they were going around and telling everybody is, you have purpose. You are not a random mutation that came into this globe by circumstance and happenstance and biology. You are here by an intentional designer who put you here for a specific reason. Go find that reason and go live it. The most incredible thing about faith is that the moment it's not about you, it empowers you in such a great way. Because now you know that it's not about you and or I and our fallible selves and our feeble ideas about ourselves. No, there's a God who's so much greater, I mean infinitely greater, and who put us here with a plan and who believes in us. 
I might not believe in myself. We all struggle with days that we don't believe in ourselves. But each and every day, for some reason, our Creator believes in us. And that's what faith is. Faith doesn't make you a nobody. Faith makes you the most empowered somebody you could ever be. Because the moment it's not about you, your self-esteem will not depend on your mood. Your self-esteem will depend on the fact that God believes in me. So I must be good enough. I must have a reason to be here. I'm not just a mistake. There are so many people in our time, so many of us, who grapple with a sense of self, who struggle to figure out why I'm here, what value do I have to add? It's one of the most repeated thoughts I hear from friends and colleagues and you know students. It's, what am I here for? If that's the question, it might not have an answer. But if I say, God... You put me here. You gave me this set of circumstances. You gave me this body, this level of intelligence, this heart, this perspective, this environment. You brought me into this world on this specific day. You made me this gender. You made me this nationality. What do you want of me? What is my purpose within all this? When you designed the unique person that's me, what was your intention? And again, I end up quoting a lot Rabbi Sachs today in his memory. Rabbi Sachs was once asked, what's the one question he would ask God if he could? And his answer was, I would ask God, what do you want of me? today such a great great answer great question that's what we should be doing not what what do i want what's my dreams in life where am i going they're all great stuff but they could drive us absolutely crazy and they could lead us to make really stupid decisions you know midlife crisis need a new house new spouse (laughs) new a bunch of other things No, 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 no. obviously i want to be happy and the, the most wholesome beings, the m- people who are respected the most, are the people who earn respect. And the people who earn respect is the people who you feel when you spend time with them. It's not about them. It, it's, it's not about them. It's about something so much bigger. And that is, in my opinion, the greatest testimony to a human being it is something that, you know, the late Rabbi Sachs really stood for. I've been, ever since he passed away on Shabbos, I've really been spending a lot of time thinking about him, thinking about his teachings, thinking about his writings and the impact he made. And you might have seen the thing on social media that he was interviewed in 1991, what's his favorite song? And his one song he would take on an island, he said, my song is Samalacha Nafshi. I crave for you, God. I, I, I yearn for you, God. And he says, and I hope that one day that will be my epitaph. Well, it definitely has been. It was mentioned at his funeral and it's been all around the world that he, he, what did he want to be known as? Not a teacher, a mentor, a leader. 
What he wanted is epitaph to be that I, I wanted God. I was searching and craving and yearning for God. Because ultimately, if I really want to make this world a better place, if I want to make my impact, if I want to live my part, I have to get myself out of my own way. We all do. And that's what greatness is. Greatness is not talent. There are many talented people in this world. Greatness is not eloquence. There are many eloquent people in this world. Greatness is when I use whatever talents God's given me for something bigger than me. This is 101.5 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Aksan of Linksfield Shul. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Aksan on 101.9 Chai FM. This is Rabbi Levi Aksan of Chai FM. And we are wrapping up our show. And I want to just finish off before we play um, a beautiful song. I want to finish off with the following thought. As we mentioned earlier, um, we're sitting over here at at this day, and tomorrow, please God, the international conference of Rabbi Start, and mentioned, you know, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe taught many things to our time, but fundamentally, what he taught us and what made his vision so successful. He took a group of thousands of men, women, and children, and he raised generations to believe in this one idea. It's bigger than you. And every person he convinced in that direction continues to change the world and make the world a better place. All we need is that one switch, that one paradigm shift that says... Friends, we were put into this world by the most incredible being ever, God himself, who chose us for a mission that is so large and so magnificent and so impactful. And the moment somebody believes that there's a God, not a God, the God who believes in us, there is no room self-doubt. There is no room for self-pity. There's only room for empowerment. And there's only room for each and every one of us to stand up and say, as Avram said in last week's Parsha, Hineni, here I am. We wrap up with a beautiful melody from Yishai Rebo. He composed it in during COVID. And really it's a prayer to God saying, God, what are you asking of us during this time? really in the theme that we've been speaking about today. Keter Melucha from Yishai Rebo. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Have a great day.